Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I'm your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and we are on episode 50. We made it to the sweet 50 spot, and we are going to talk about, it's it's a serious topic. I don't want to take this lightly. It's about mental health in today's world, Mm. because what is going on, Dr. Stewart? How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, except for this topic. This topic is hard. It is hard, because and we could go on many shows. We did a show right. a couple years ago on mental yeah. health. We talked about genetics and things like that. But, you know, I'm talking about, like, down to the COVID pandemic, the shootings across the U.S., the war going on in Ukraine, and it just seems that mental health is just getting worse. More people are getting mental health issues, and I understand that a lot of it depends on the genetics and what you have, but... Some people just aren't aren't handling things well, and I want to talk about that. Sure. Quick fact, one in five Americans will experience a mental health illness in a given year. Mm-hmm. One in five children during their life have had a serious debilitating mental illness, which makes me very sad. And one in 25 Americans live currently with a serious mental illness. But it, these rates have already gone up in just two years after the pandemic. Right. And so let's talk about that. Let's get out the gate. So my opinion will probably be different than most people. Okay. Um, you know, I'm always thinking about it from a physiologic perspective as opposed to an environmental perspective. Obviously, lockdowns and masking and all this angst that we're creating over you're, you're going to die. You know, you're going to die if you catch COVID and all this type of stuff. And even the worry about should I get vaccinated, should I not, blah, 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 blah. The whole idea is that environment doesn't help us, and I I certainly believe it does contribute, but the disease itself contributes. COVID. Meaning COVID itself, because there has been nothing that I have ever witnessed in my career that sets off the inflammatory potential like COVID. Really? And so, you know, this really goes back to before about 2015, many of us doctors knew that microglia, which were the immune cells of the brain, were involved in creating inflammation. And we knew it had a role in, in mental illness. Okay. But most psychiatrists and most neurologists still approached it from the fact that most everything was neurotransmitter or chemical-based. Well, in 2015, they finally did a study where they labeled the microglia. They did PET scans and they looked at Alzheimer's. And what they wanted to know is microglial inflammation involved in Alzheimer's, and it turned out it was. Okay. Well, last time I reviewed it, which was about a year and a half ago, since that time, they've done 300 studies to validate inflammation, but it's been in anxiety and depression and bipolar and ADD and everything else, and guess what they found in every one of those diseases? Inflammation. Inflammation is combined with neurotransmitter problems or breakdown problems or genetics to create a problem in the brain overall. So when you create an environment of inflammation in the body from being sick, 
Right. It definitely affects your brain. Well, let me ask you this quick question. If somebody's already struggling with ADHD yep. and then they catch COVID, are they at a higher chance of getting into a mental illness situation because they already have that weakened neurotransmitter state? So the thing is, everybody wants to pull neurotransmitters apart and say dopamine's responsible for this and serotonin's responsible for this and right. GABA's responsible for this and glutamate. It turns out God makes recipes. Right. Okay. So it's actually the balance and the status of each one of those. And there's a problem with our medicines, in my opinion, uh, that we use for acute problems because we only want to raise one. So we have medicines that only raise or help with serotonin. Right. But in nutritional elements, like methylfolate, for instance, is a cofactor for both dopamine and serotonin. Okay. They're the same cofactor. So what did that mean by from God? What did it mean? He meant that dopamine and serotonin should always be the same or we wouldn't use the same cofactor. And they both require methylfolate. They both require methylfolate through the tetrahydrobiopterin pathway. Okay. Now, so what's happening though is the way we approach it, we love to try to simplify it into making it think that ADHD is only dopamine. Whereas most of the time when we get a genetic and we see a child with true ADHD, we do find out that his dopamine is a problem. His methylation is a problem. But we also almost always find that his glutamate GABA balance is off too. Oh, okay. Do you understand? Yes. And then there's ADD, which I call the inattentive type. So these are the people that don't aren't hyperactive. They aren't disturbing the class. But they're sitting back there as spacey as they can be and as distractible as they can be. And that's really a GABA problem, a GABA glutamate. The problem is that all of that inflammation contributes. So people who have more inflammation, that's a very, very simple question. It's so easy. Okay. If you ask a parent, does this person have good days and bad days? If they say yes, that means there's inflammation involved. Well, let's take bipolar. You can become manic in an hour. Really? Oh, yeah. I okay. Mean, the problem is it will take about a week for them to become depressed as that mania stays because they'll wear their chemicals out. So we know that the, the mania part is actually inflammation, but then the wearing down of neurotransmitters is the depression part. Oh. Do you understand? So if you have good days and bad days, and I'm talking about fluctuations, that means there's inflammation involved. Okay. Now, inflammation hitting the 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 emotional center is a nightmare because that creates anxiety. Right. And Which you know, a lot of these things cause. Well, and think All these about, things going well, on today. Yeah, think about a teenager or a little kid who's already anxious. And then you put them in an environment and they find out that they're going to be, they might be die if they catch something. Right. And or then they, you throw in inflammation because they're growing and maybe genetically. I mean, why should we, we be surprised that there's mental health issues? You know, the, the, this episode was to, to really help parents, help people out there. You know, the Vivaldi shooting, um, I couldn't imagine being a child and not getting killed, but just seeing all that. Sure. And I wanted to ask you, like, that leads into PTSD. Sure. They're trying to, it's trying to scare us on purpose. First, let's talk about the shooter. What do you think was happening with him? And then let's talk about the kids and how it affects them going through life. Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's broaden this a little bit. Okay. Obviously, in a situation like that, everybody understands PTSD. But PTSD itself is actually much more broad, meaning there are more people. Think about being a mom with an autistic child. Yeah. That's PTSD. Because you're always watching You're them. stressed every yes, day, stressed. all day. Okay. So we've got to think of PTSD. Now, the problem is some people can handle stress a lot better than other people, and right. that's genetically based. So really, in that classroom, for those children or for the teachers or for the officers, for whoever was involved in that, 
the way that comes out may not necessarily they all got experience they all experience the same thing right but the genetic foundation of how they're built will determine a lot about how their outcome was people who have more inflammatory potential will actually become much more sick much more anxious much more mentally ill right. than people who have less so you're you're not saying every single kid in that building is going to get PTSD no because here's the problem we know that genetics play a big role in setting the foundation there's always a triggering event Right. And the triggering event sometimes is not something that's emotional. Now, emotional triggering events are the worst. Divorce. Let me well, let me Death. tell you why. Because you can't get away from them. If I told you you had to run 10 miles a day, you would be stressed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when you finish that 10 miles, you could relax okay. until tomorrow. But if you have something emotional, you wake up with it. You go to bed. You go to bed with it. You wake up in the middle of the night with it. There is nothing worse physiologically in the body than mission. Now, in emotional distress, it makes it even worse because we will do anything we can to make endorphins. Endorphins are natural opiates, and that's why kids play video games. That's why people exercise. Right. Those people that and that endorphins does calm your brain, but guess what? It tells your immune system to do turn up. Tells it to to ramp up. Why? And because there's an opiate receptor on the immune cell, and it's assuming that you're creating endorphins because you're in some kind of stress. Oh. And so it's assuming that there's a crisis going on, so the immune system will ramp up. And that's why chronic stress can kill people. Yes. Because it creates so much inflammation in those people. So if we can go in there and recognize that for people who have trouble turning off inflammation and block it, block it with low-dose naltrexone or something like that, right. then we can actually help them not get into such serious mental health issues. What are what some natural sources other than a prescription of LDN? So typically you're looking at the resveratrols, the quercetins, the catechins, the, the natural things that people believe are mostly anti-inflammatory, but they're also anti-oxidants. Uh, Which product is that of ours? That's an NAS enhancer, but also some in the mitochondrial. The, the mitochondrial PQQ. Okay. Okay. Now, just an aside, we're going to create one pretty quick. So Yeah, we have a new formula out. coming out. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Well, let's talk about depression and youth. Okay. okay. It has really gone up. I mean, 15% up since just last year. Uh, two and a half million youth in the U.S. have severe depression. Um, and, you know, the facts that I pulled, multiracial youth are at greater risk. Why is that? Well, you know, this that's a very hard question, and I think if you put a bunch of smart people in a room, you're going to get 20 different answers. First of all, there's no doubt that the, the pandemic stressed us all. Right. I mean, everybody. It was scary. But then I want you to imagine that we have a lot of single parents, and actually in, in multiracial or uh, right. the black population for sure, and same with Hispanic, we have a lot of households without dads. Right. So that means mom is out there taking care of all these kids. She's going to work every day. And I want to point out something as simple as diet. Right. Can you imagine what those kids are actually eating? Well, mom's got to bring them fast food. They bring them fast food or they send them out to go get it their own and they have it delivered to the house. Because yes. guess what we've made so easy with the pandemic? Delivery. <laughs> so we are really not nutritionally eating like we should. And right. there are definitely fast foods are pro-inflammatory. And actually a lot of them have stimulants in them like MSG yeah. that also can drive anxiety too. So that's not saying that's the primary issue, but that's just one of the facets to it. Okay. And then when you don't have a support system in the house, 
or you don't have a support system of both parents, I mean, it can become very difficult. For a kid. For, for anybody. And then you have, so if you have two or three, just keeping up, I have one, right. and that's enough to keep up so, with, and I can keep my eyes on so him. So really what we, what we do as a general, when I see all these kids, it's it's not to say, listen, your kid screwed up, let's see if we can give them something to cover it up. It's to say, how can I create the most stable environment in this child nutritionally and health-wise to give them the least chance of getting affected by outside influences. And getting a mental illness. And so that's inflammation control from for the first step. Right. Autophagy assistance, delivering it. Now that's the problem too. Remember kids' brains, and especially teenage brains, they need much more glucose than you or I because they're trying to grow and develop at the same time they're going through all these crises. And you remember when you were a teenager, everything's a big deal. Yes. yes. Everything. <laughs> Somebody told me I had a spot on my my dress. Can I you imagine a... I walked around with that all day and people didn't even tell me? You know, Or I, mean? I have a zit and I still want to wear my mask, Mom. And I'm like, no, you can't. So the long and the short of it is teenagers are under crisis because their bodies are doing so much at once. And we all know that the brain gets sacrificed. Right. I mean, teenage boys, for sure. Right. I mean, I hate that look where there's nothing there. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? And in girls, unfortunately, girls make, they're, they're much more prone to anxiety as a general rule. Well, you talk about inflammation. We talked about it in some prior episodes, you know, using PEA. Yep. The SUS support. Um, I've seen a difference in my, my sure. child over that. Uh, methylation complete. You need the CBD oil. CBD oil. Those things will all that. help if you know they need them. That's the whole point. If we but they could, won't hurt them if they no, start. No, it won't them. hurt them. But what we really like to do is we don't like people just spending money, right? Just because to spend money, we really want to identify what we need and what we don't need, so you don't waste all your money. And if you get kids too many things to do, they won't do it. And we have a mental health panel. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's very helpful. A genetic. Yeah, panel. that's genetic sciences. Yeah, we talk Great about panel. we talk about the mental health panel. Um, the genetic panel because it can be eye-opening to a parent. Well, it, it can. And once you start explaining the ramifications of the balance that everything needs to be in, right? it's no doubt when you see the genetics why that balance got thrown off. Because there are some people who can't make serotonin. Mm -hmm. There are some people who can't make GABA. Right. There are some people who can't break down dopamine very quickly and they're anxious all the time. That's the COMT. So we, we look at all of those things and we try to assist with those. Okay. Well, let's, we talked now, about... one other thing. Okay. For kids, here's the problem. I tell every child who comes in, I say, do you know why you're here today? And this is teenagers in particular. And they said, because I'm a bad kid. I said, no, because your parents love you. Right. They cared enough to bring you here for us to see how we can help you. And it throws them off completely. They, right. What's important about that is that if we don't start recognizing that and we don't start paying attention to our kids from a nutritional, from a supplemental standpoint, we should not be surprised right. when and they what get they're into trouble. Yeah. And what they'll always do is turn to illicit drugs every yeah. time. Every time. Weed. Because that's cool. A lot of weed. It's cool. And so it's weed. It's either downers or uppers. Mm -hmm. So it's weed or alcohol, which yeah. is what tends to go together. Or it tends to be the opposite thing where they go to Coke and X right. and all that other stuff. Right. The stimulants. Typically not both. You're either one or the other. Typically. Right. So the long and the short of it is parents get all upset that they're into 
to drugs, but it's because the doctor maybe didn't pay attention to them, or even if they tried, you know, but you've got to recognize it as a parent that it's actually much more than just going and getting an antidepressant for your kid. Right, right. And that's for everybody in general. Absolutely. Everybody in general. I want to get to another sensitive topic. Can you tell I'm pretty fired up? Yes. This <laughs> well, this is something suicide. Okay. Yep. Rates have skyrocketed. Sure. Um, it's a trend um, post COVID, during COVID, and it's running our. It runs in our family. We've had a couple of people that we lost to suicide. So mm -hmm. I always, I take this this topic very seriously. But suicidal ideation. Okay. Very common term these days. Can you explain what it is? So suicidal ideation, and I'm going to explain it physiologically rather than environmentally. So psychiatrists will explain it from an environmental standpoint. This triggered this, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that that's abnormal to say it that way. I think it's a good way to describe it because there always are some kind of emotional triggering events. But from a physiologic standpoint in the brain, these people always have too much glutamate and not enough GABA. Okay. And the problem with glutamate is it's a stimulant. So if there's too much glutamate, and especially if the brain gets inflamed, anytime you get a head injury... You get irritation in the brain uh, or you get a toxin, the brain floods glutamate into the system. Now, glutamate will make the brain work itself so hard that it actually gets into a weakened, um, weakened uh, energy state. Okay. Okay. And that weakened energy state can actually be kind of like people who have nightmares and sleepwalking and kind of this massively depleted energy state where the brain goes into ideations that are not realistic. Okay. They're not there. And so Is that I when they say, I'm not thinking clearly? Well, it's because I think their cells have run out. And here's what will happen. Typically, there's an, in the emotional center of the brain, when it completely runs out of energy because it's made to protect you, uh, it will then flood neurotransmitters in a big burst. And that's where these true ideations that, that come from. Now, suicidal ideations or more about regret, meaning they're going to regret when I'm gone, right. blah, 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 blah. They don't blah. realize it's final. Right. Um, other things like hallucinations and other things are the, the flood. Okay. Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? And many times if you talk a lot, they'll, they'll have a little bit of both. But the suicidal ideations are just, I mean, I wish I was an expert at this truly, but I can tell you the way I, I typically view it is the brain is so low on energy, it just doesn't really make the right conclusions and then it gets into a regret state. Now people with low GABA uh -huh. are half glass empty people. Now but, would you just buy them some GABA I don't, vitamin? Well, you might be able to help them short term with that but overall GABA will backfire in the end. Okay, that's so why you made the ProGAD. That's why I made the ProGAD because if you're half glass empty you're going to see everything in the world as negative. Right. And why live if everything in the world is negative? You can't get out of it. Yeah. And so that's why I, I kind of noticed that trend. Now, it's not 100%. Right. But you will see that those people who have told you that they've had suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideations, you, you'll see that that they um, they typically have a GAD1. Okay. A GAD1 gene mutation. And sometimes they'll have the MAOs and the COMTs too. So they'll have this whole plethora. And then if you throw in a TPH, which is uh, tryptophan hydroxylase, that means they don't make enough serotonin. So if you lose GABA and you lose serotonin, you really have no way of comforting okay. comforting the brain. So let's say you have a patient, their parents are, are concerned, the, the child is or the teen has said, I've had thoughts of suicide and they come see you. 
What's what's the so first I, thing you I do? I see this all the time. First of all, I talk to the teen about the fact that, that those are probably not real thoughts. Okay. Those are thoughts that are coming from from a, a source of anxiety. This is not the real you. Do you okay. understand? Now, I know you've thought about it, but what's happening is really I try to explain it to them from a physiology state. I know you're stressed. I know your brain is stressed. Right. I know that the nutrition to your brain genetically is not getting there. So I started, I start to try to talk about it just like a car running out of gas. Okay. <laughs> Do you understand? I have to give them something, something they to can relate, relate to. to. Yeah. And so I said, so what happens if I don't put gas in my truck? Okay. <laughs> and they'll go, well, you run out of gas. And I said, well, do I run out of gas in a good place or a bad place? Right. And they always say bad place. I said, that's what's happened to you. You've run out of gas in a bad place. Mm. So how do we fix that? Okay. So that's the way I approach it. Now, the problem with people who get into depression, anxiety, mental health, is a lot of times we can pull them right out. But then they'll blow off everything we did and go right back in. <laughs> you yeah. understand? And teenagers are really bad about it. Right. So the parents really have to take some authority and parents are frustrated too because they want to help their kid but they can't right you know because well, of course you want to protect your kid right and the problem is drug companies unfortunately like they promise they over promise oh we'll put them on lexapro and they'll be great well that yeah. was my next question yeah let's talk about depression and anxiety medications and what's or mood altering prescriptions so, and what can it do in the long term so there's nothing wrong with those medications for acute problems i like to tell people if i gave you an operation i better give you some pain medicine yes but if you're on pain medicine 3 months from now something's wrong right so the same thing for that but what doctors don't tend to think about in my opinion is if i give you lexapro for instance and you don't have the ability to make enough serotonin that lexapro is not going to help you ah okay so we've got to think about how do we create the environment nutritionally in the cell for that medication to also be as effective as Yeah, it can. you've talked about that because it is interesting, you know, the doctors will jump around between medications till they find the one. Right. But you could get but a pharmacogenetic test. And it may be pharmacogenetics tells us what's safe and what's not safe. Right. I wish it told us which one would work. The best. That's what we wish. Right. It really that's called pharmacodynamics. That really is not we're not that good. We're not there okay. yet. But what's really important is if I'm going to target a neurotransmitter, how can I help that cell nutritionally, energy-wise or whatever, to create the environment that will help that medicine work properly? Because ultimately, no matter what, everybody who's on a medicine will eventually want off of it. And right. here's what will happen. They will always, always in my clinical experience, always choose the worst time to take it off. Because they'll be so fed up, I'm just going to blow this medicine off, and it's always the worst time because they're just fed up. Okay. Yeah. Do you understand? So yeah. what I'll tell them is if you want to get off of this, let's try to create an environment where you don't need it anymore. But let me decide when it's time to come off. Because you're the expert. And if you don't handle inflammation at the same time, which is a huge problem in young adults and old people, do you understand? Right. Then you're going you're gonna to mess up. Wow. So you see a lot of kids that come in that are already on medications. Crazy amounts. Crazy amounts. Crazy. Because their parents, that's what they were told to do by the psychiatrist. Well, but or, that's what you do. That's what that's what you're taught to do in medical school and training. Right. So some of the things that you might, you, of course, want to get a genetic panel, but the methylfolate plus. The, now, the, the problem PEA, is, if you don't, here's the problem the, with methylfolate. If you don't handle the inflammation first, methylfolate will make you worse. So what do you start with if you know the child's inflamed? 
Uh, we typically start with CBD oil. I would do low-dose naltrexone, PEA, other things. And you want to calm that down for three to four weeks before you ever start the methylfolate. And then start the methylfolate, the methylation. But methylfolate's for dopamine and for serotonin. Okay. It's not for GABA. Now, full focus, mood plus, you can use that pretty safely at any time during their, if they're Correct. struggling. Correct. Okay. Or you you personally, I mean, I, I don't take the ProGAD every day, but I take it on days I wake up and I know I don't I don't feel that great sure. mentally. Sure. And I know the mood plus, well, helps a lot of people get through certain dark times or right. just times in general. But the, the thing is, too, is if you know the genetics of your child, Let's say they have a GAD mutation. You also not only know how to approach it, but you also know they're very prone to liking alcohol, liking weed. Right. Because right. they want something to calm their brain. And it's so easy to get now. I mean, oh, it is. pathetically easy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about which comes first, a poor diet or depression? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, make, let's make a little easy question Ooh. for you. Oh, that's not an easy question. Chicken or the egg, right? Right, right. I don't know. You don't know? I would tell you that inflammation plays a big role. And obviously, a lot of the foods we love to eat are bad. Well, they're not necessarily bad, but they're drugs. So like gluten and casein right. get converted to opiates. And that's why we like them. Like cheese makes you so sleepy. Well, because that's exactly <laughs> right. Well, so casomorphine uh, is the what happens in the gut to cheese. It converts to an opiate. Oh. That's why we like it. And then gluten converts to gliadomorphine, which is another opiate. And so why grilled cheese sandwich is God's gift <laughs> to the world. When you're sick. <laughs> because, no, it's just in general because yes. it drugs you. You feel better. That's like milk and cookies at bedtime. Right. You understand? It's the gluten from the cookies and the, and the casein from the milk. So if you notice your child or um, yourself eating certain types of food and you're getting sleepy or you're, I don't know, you're just kind of out of it, you should probably like, eliminate some yeah, of that? Well, the answer is typically we'll eat things for taste and I'm I'm the biggest offender of that. Well, we love food as a family. Well, that's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I literally, Cherry reminded me that I pick all of our vacations around food. <laughs> yeah. That's good though. <laughs> so like, where are we going to eat out? Right, you know? <laughs> right. So the whole idea is that um, it's really about inflammation control. Most foods are, in, a lot of foods are bad and inflammatory. Um, Fast foods are notorious for that. Yeah. Um, and they don't have a lot of, most of the things that we really love to eat don't have a lot of nutritional value to them. Right. Well, a lot of people that take our products, I mean, you know, they try, they are diet conscious, let's just sure. say, because, you know, you take supplements and you hopefully your diet's good or you take the supplements because your diet's bad. Right. It could be one way or another, but avoiding things like, um, that are made with added sugars or flour, um, mm. like breads, baked goods, cereals, and pastas can minimize your bad moods. Is that true? Well, so avoiding that? Yeah. Sure, because those are inflammatory foods. Okay, inflammatory foods. Interesting word. Yeah, so if you're sensitive, I'm not talking about celiac disease, but if you're sensitive to gluten, which a lot of people are, you're going to create inflammation with that food. Okay. And I like to tell people, if you have inflammation at your gut, if you're, especially if you're talking to a mom, it's like having inflammation in your uterus. How do you feel? Right. Not well. And all of a sudden, they, it's like, ding, ding, they get it. Yeah. You know? Well, the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, in regards to genetic testing, nutrigenomic testing, genetic testing, we have people that contact us about the genetics that um, someone in their family has a mental disorder mm -hmm. and they don't want to get it. Yep. Would a genetic test guide them to live their life a certain way so that they 
most likely won't get in trouble with that mental disorder? No, what genetics are about is finding the weak nutrigenomics. Now, this is this. Right. Now, obviously, exome sequencing, which is a completely different totally form different. of gen that's about literally true mental health genes that you can't do much about. Okay. Um, but for nutrigenomics, it basically, the concept is we find your weaknesses, we create an environment that lessens the risk of having neurotransmitter deficiency or inflammation. You know, I always say that the people that passed via suicide in our life, if I didn't have you and I, we didn't have all these products and these, I, I don't think I would be here because I would have yeah. gone straight down that same path. Well, you know, you'll, we'll, all of us have been down situations like that and you tend to self-medicate. Yeah. So I like to tell people who are alcoholics, nobody really wants to be an alcoholic, no. but that's how they live their life because that's the best control agent they've found. Gotcha. Do you understand? Yeah. And so, you know, the whole idea is that you've, we just got to get the word out there that there's other things to do. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. And nutrition's a big problem these days just because we've taken a lot of things out of our food and I'm not talking about GMOs, I'm talking about just hybridization. Ah, do you what understand? do you mean? Explain that. Meaning like we don't, grapes don't have seeds anymore. Ah. Watermelons are seedless now. A lot of those things, a lot of those elements had medicinal properties to them. Uh, plums don't have chalk on them anymore, neither do grapes. <laughs> yeah. You understand that chalky stuff was an antifungal. Oh, yeah. You understand? So hybridization means we've created hybrids of these plants right. that basically have lost some of their characteristics from the heirloom varieties. Yeah. That they had back in the dark age, not the dark ages. The dark ages, <laughs> yeah, 1960. Right. <laughs> I meant the caveman days. That's what I meant. Okay. Last final question to talk about mental health. Sleep. Yeah. Everybody has sleep issues at one point in time. Unless you're just like my husband who just passes out on a dime in less than 60 seconds. And Well, that's know, abnormal too. Well, yeah. So every... every uh, article I looked up, it talked about sleep and depression, sleep and depression. Okay. So there's a correlation there. I don't think it's a cause and effect. Okay. Okay. I think it's more of a correlation. Now what your, what your brain's trying to do with sleep when you have excessive sleep is it's trying to regenerate the brain to the point of functioning. The problem is sleep hygiene, sleep disorders is the biggest health problem we have in America today. I think so. I agree. And I think it has to do with lights and computer devices and all that type of stuff. We just, we have horrible sleep hygiene. We don't shut the devices off. The Wi-Fi's we have in our house certainly can interrupt sleep patterns. Right. Um, the long and the short of it, we struggle with it. We've, we've actually learned to sh shut the devices off at 10 o'clock at our house. We right. Un we unplug the Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, just so, and we sleep better, but still there's also genetics involved. Some people just can't sleep. They have chronic insomnia. Yeah, I did notice when I moved my computer into my bedroom, that whole time I had I had sleep challenges more than I, and I already have them, but then I took it back out and I was, I was much better. Remember the routers are an electromagnetic device. Okay. So what they're doing is they're sending out electromagnetic waves and your brain responds to electromagnetic waves. There's a lot of information on this out there sure. about that. So what I typically tell people, especially if their kid's having problem or something, you basically want to find out where the router is. If you just unplug it or turn it off at night, that's the best solution for me. And there's a lot of people that are going to argue with you about that. They can do whatever they want. I mean, <laughs> it can't hurt, To, to me, right? it's simple physics. Okay, explain okay. that. Meaning this is electromagnetic energy. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, do you stick your head in a microwave? No. <laughs> okay. 
So I'm not saying it's that severe, but what I'm telling you is it will interrupt the brain waves, and we know that for sure. So when you talk about the different level uh, phases of sleep or stages, stage one, two, three, four, five, mm -hmm. when is the brain regenerating in the deep sleep stage five? Well, it's actually phase three now. They, phase they've three. changed it. Phase three actually is when you make growth hormone, which is where you get regeneration. The problem that we have with that is there's an old wives' tale that I find really interesting. And it basically says every every hour before midnight is worth two. Okay. Which means that we essentially, from a sleep pattern, we should actually go to bed with the sun. Right. There's but you actually, can't go to bed at night. <laughs> well, but you should. So the problem is, from us adopting that, now it's nine in Texas and they're right. in the summer, but it's six o'clock in the in winter. The winter. That's so hard. the problem is, is that we certainly we certainly have a problem with not sleeping in the proper biorhythms that our body was really trained for. Right. Now, teenagers are the worst because we know for sure that their biorhythms get all thrown off. Well, with all the devices today. It's not just devices. It's really the teenage brain. Really? Mm -hmm. From what we by. can tell. So the long and the short of it is, um, boy, if I could solve sleep problems, I mean. Well, they talked about sleep apnea and the link to depression. So sleep apnea is not as big a problem as people think. The problem is when you, so you'll see a lot of people with sleep apnea that are not heavy people. Now, right. it's, it's understandable when you're heavy that you actually have too much fat. You collapse the airway. Right. But the problem is in people who are skinny, what you're really dealing with is they're not getting into that phase three sleep. Because in phase three sleep, not only do you make all these good hormones, but you make a reflex that opens your throat and relaxes your bladder oh. so that you don't have to get up and go pee every night right. and that you, you lessen the ability to snore. But the problem is most people are not even getting down into that for very long. Uh. So, you know, sleep apnea, sleep is a whole other discussion. Uh, very frustrating discussion, to right. be honest with you, especially in today, just because of the way we live our lives. Well, you just don't know. You, there's so many things to pinpoint that's disrupting. Well, everyone, everybody wants a magic bullet. Well, we have, you know, people are night-night um, liposomal sure. spray. Sure. People, we just released that like six months ago. People love that of stuff. Of course it is. And it's simple. It's melatonin, GABA, with a little glutathione for delivery. And yeah. you spray it in your mouth like 30 minutes before you're ready to go to sleep. And it helps me. Yep. And I have terrible sleep problems. Yeah, I get incredible reviews from that. <laughs> and then the Neuronite Essentials, a little bit stronger for those mm -hmm. people that really have some issues. Yeah. And explain why those are, are helpful. Well, I mean, you're actually hitting, so liposomal delivery is very effective for hormones and other things. Well, it goes to your mouth, right? Well, it goes to the mucosal glands. So liposomal just helps delivery of things that are difficult to deliver. Okay. Okay. So melatonin, GABA is a little difficult to deliver orally. So being able to put it in the liposome and absorb it under your tongue makes it a lot more simple. Okay. So, I mean, I wish I understood sleep better. Yeah. Even though I'm supposed to be an expert. I wish you did too, because it's 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 been my <laughs> my major issue my whole life. But it's a difficult it's a difficult proposition. But now I have more regular schedule and I've reduced my stress and that's helped me a lot. I think devices for your teenagers taking devices away is very important. Yeah, you talk about the light activating that part of the brain. What is that? Superchiasmatic nucleus. So if they and it takes two hours once it's activated. Once you've so once you're once you're ready to go to sleep, if you go to sleep that's great. If you don't and you push through that 15 minutes, right. it's going to be another two hours before you reset it. Oh, I hate when you say that. That just makes me think about that. It might be an hour and a half, but it's a long time. But that just simple looking at your phone could activate yep. that. 
Okay. Well, Dr. Stewart, all fascinating. Again, every time we learn something new, you always have more wisdom, um, key points on to help ourselves stay healthy mentally. Got any words of wisdom on that? Just overall? Yeah, I think great nutrition. Yeah. I think uh, exercise. I think endorphin production, but make sure that it's not going to hurt you also, meaning genetic testing obviously helps us the most. Okay. Um, and I think just what we would call good life practices. Okay. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us on episode 50 on mental health. You can visit us at coffeewithdrstuart.com, coffeewithdrstuart.podbean.com. Send us an email, send us a message via social. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Stewart, as always. You're so welcome. All right, everybody, have a beautiful and blessed day.